Andrew, I've got one more for you and then one bonus one. Here's here's my uh, so last two main more. one. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I guess you could, well, you know, potato, potato. Know what I mean? Depends on. To the victor goes the, uh, wait, the, the what do they say? The victor is right a history or whatever. So right. it's going to go down in history, Andrew, as being one and a bonus one. Two can play that game. Hey, I'm Pete Steele. And I'm Andrew Miller. And welcome to Two Can Play That Game, the podcast for people who have one friend. Yeah, if you have more than one friend, this podcast is not for you. No, no, no. Just... Nah, I'm going to load you into a, a cannon, Andrew. <laughs> uh, we, got, we got a cannon on board for every single listener trying to stow away. A stowaway listener, Andrew. Oh, and, no. Uh, and we find them out, uh, and we launch them out of our, out of our big gun. Wow, that's and uh, off the port side, Andrew. Which uh, I don't even... remember. I don't know where that is. It's but, left uh... or right. One of those, uh, I think. Start... Oh, it's left because there's four letters in port and four letters in left. I think uh, that's how I star... remember that. And starboard, mnemonic. right, has the same. Oh, starboard is the other one. Okay, starboard has the that's same because the stars right. are uh, on always on your right hand side you know what i mean <laughs> always whenever you're outside it's like the, the right hand side is always full of stars <laughs> um well andrew now that we've gotten rid of everybody who has more than one friend good yeah. riddance i say you know what i mean uh r-i-t rest in trash R-I-T. to everybody who's got more than one friend you know what i mean uh we can finally get to the game we're talking about today on our board game podcast andrew I'm talking about Shores of Tripoli. Shores of Tripoli. It's another two-player board game. This is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Pete, this is the it's first. It's another one of these things, Andrew. I mean. <laughs> they just keep popping uh, You up. know what I mean? They, somebody keeps making these darn things, thankfully. <laughs> no, correct me if I'm wrong, Pete, but this is the first uh, kind of like uh, history-based war game that we've covered on this show. Is that right? I don't remember ever doing one of these. Yeah, I mean, other than uh, Star Wars uh, Empire versus Rebellion. <laughs> right, that's <laughs> You know, which, true. of course, was a history-based uh, war good, game. That was a long time um, ago. Right? Yes, 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 in a galaxy far, far away. Um, this one was in is in this galaxy. First one in this galaxy, I think. You're <laughs> right, right, okay, that's that. the difference. <laughs> that's, that's what I meant. That was <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like what? What would be categorized as a war game? You know what I mean? Like, um, which you know is kind of a, a genre of game that is has historically maybe been less ex- accessible to people or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, there a war gamer is like its own subsect of gamer. Basically, yes, it's absolutely. not your it's not your Jaipur you know player or whatever. <laughs> right. Oftentimes, you know what I mean? Right. It's it's not your it's not even your like a Catan playing kind of it's it's like um, yeah although I'll say Risk a lot of people have played Risk and that's probably the most I don't know the most widely played war game that I could think of oh Battleship is True. that a war game I don't know <laughs> I mean I think they probably both are and I think that actual war gamers would just roll their eyes out of their head <laughs> at it you know what I mean I I think they'd I think they'd give us a a swirly if we tried to say that those are actually war games you know what i mean um yeah yeah no this one's a little bit more mm, history based a little bit a little bit you know a little bit more to it than those but um anyway, before we get too into this let's not describe this game too much pete okay we don't want to give it all the way up top let's just Good point uh, what if we just did it in one sentence andrew 
one sentence explanations. Okay, we'll give it a try. I'll sum it up in one sentence here. Okay, I will say that Shores of Tripoli is a board game about American history that makes every American say, oh, I never heard about that before. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> Literally every person I've talked to them about this game has, has said that exact sentence, yeah. <laughs> it's it's about a very obscure, although it, I guess it shouldn't be that obscure, but it's, it's about a war that America fought in that... Uh, a lot of people have never heard of before, and we'll get more into it later. But uh, Pete, what's your one sentence summary? I also, we'll get into this later, but it probably deserves to be pretty obscure. You know what I mean? But <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew, my my one sentence uh, summary of this game, Shores of Tripoli, is perhaps the most fun you can have while reenacting the start of a long history of America going to war in foreign territory. <laughs> there you go. Always <laughs> always poking their noses in places where they don't belong, America. America. Yeah. We, yeah. I think we've had, uh, I, well, I think, hmm. I think we, well, we've only had, well, I guess there, I guess if you count Pearl Harbor, uh, we've had very, we've only had the American Revolutionary War on, on our soil, you know what I mean, right? And we weren't even well, America technically at that point. The, the Civil um, War also, yeah, you know. Tech, yeah, Civil the Civil War. War, sure. I forget about that one because, you know. Um, because it was so civil, we won. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. Kind of forgettable to me. Right. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Andrew, we, you know, me, strong union guy. You know what I mean? Over here. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we do all of our warring in other people's homes. Basically, it right. seems to be yeah. kind of a trend. You know what I mean? And we do a lot. And so, what that means is we do we tra- we'll travel for war. You know what I mean? America <laughs> will travel for war. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's, we'll that's we'll travel for oil. You know what I mean. For, that's our motto for sure. Um, yeah. So let's get back to this game here, Pete. How do we? What is this game all about? How do we play this game? Okay. Um, yeah. Well, Andrew. So the um, historical event of this game was a time when the newly formed U.S. So it was like it was like the early early 1800s. You know what I mean? Um, they were when they were going back and forth in the Mediterranean Sea. There were pirates off of the northern coast of Africa, the um, what can be referred to as the Barbary Coast. So it was basically uh, Morocco, Tunis, Algiers, um, and Tripoli, and uh, and so some of these ships, some of these U.S. ships that weren't being protected by Britain anymore, were getting uh, pirated. They were either you know com- you know stealing, capturing the people on right. the ships or stealing money from them, blah, 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 blah. They and were, the U.S. Um, was like, were, stealing, we're not going to stand for it. They were stealing music from them and uh, burning DVDs yeah. that they shouldn't have been. So they were just getting yes, pirated. Yes, right, right, right. They were going, they were flying the flag of uh, Napster or whatever, you know. Napster, <laughs> Napster forever. <laughs> uh, the, there was two two factions, you know what I mean? There was, there was, you know, your most popular countries at the time, you know, Morocco, Tunis, uh, Tripoli, Napster, LimeWire, you know, <laughs> um, GeoCities, you know what I mean? That's right. Um, and and um, so, uh, and then and uh, the U.S. was basically like under, uh, you know, John Adams, and, and then, uh, well, I think John Adams at this time, and then eventually Jefferson was. Uh, they were like, you know, we're not going to stand for it anymore, and then um, we're we're going to like stop paying you protection money to let us through, and we're going to you know demand that you stop you know, um, pirating our ships and stuff like that. And, uh, and so Tripoli was like, well, let's, let's fight them. You know what I mean? And then, so we were at war with Tripoli basically. And, uh, we didn't have, 
that big of a navy. We just literally just created the navy for this uh, circumstance. I be, you know I believe right, because right. we were still in the you know newly a country, and um, and uh, but uh, we won in the long run. I guess or at least we forced a peace treaty with them basically. Um, and so one side plays the the you know young U.S. basically, and one side plays. Tripoli mainly. Well, I guess, yeah, fully Tripoli. And then you get help from some of the other countries in the area at, at different times. And it is what's called a car-driven uh, game, car-driven war game specifically. So right. you you <clears throat> use cards in a deck to take actions as either side to engage in a variety of you know, naval combat or like trying to make pirate raids or trying to intercept people making pirate raids or bombarding a town on the on the harbor or doing some ground combat at some point too, all in the effort to try to achieve your um, victory condition, which for the pirates is to basically make the war too expensive for the U.S. to stay in it by either stealing money or sinking enough u.s ships and if you're the u.s you have like two very specific um ways to win you either uh force the treaty by by doing a bunch of achieving a bunch of goals that weaken tripoli um or you just do an all-out assault on tripoli and just bomb the heck out of them basically um and so it takes place over the span of like five years i think in the in in real time or whatever and in, during that in time real you just time. You, that's how long in it, real time the game lasts five years it you says know what I mean? two players uh, so it's two players ages 14 <laughs> and up time of play five years Two players. If the other, if one of the players dies in the middle of playing, then their their next of kin can legally take <laughs> you know their place. That's right. Uh, and, and that's it, really. So you just try to be the one that comes that that gets your victory condition that comes out on top of the war. You know what I mean? Uh, are the yeah. is Tripoli able to change history and become the ones that come out on top, or does the U.S. Um, come out on top like like historically happened and, and force the force peace or whatever? A lot of the cards have um, specific events that happen during the real war, and they have a little text on there about it. Um, yeah. And some of them you have to play at certain, you know, at, at this one you can only play after the spring of 1803 in the game or something like that. Yeah. But, but it's kind of funny how as you play, some of the events can happen out of order as what they did in real life. Um yeah, the cards have very specific qualifiers, basically, or or triggers. Um, they are um, you can you can use any card for like a general action of like moving around, uh, but also you can take the actual action printed on them if the time is right for them. Yeah. The other thing about the cards is that um, each it's kind of an asymmetric game. So each side has uh, their own cards. Some of them kind of do similar things, but some of them are very different from the other side. And uh, you only have you you don't have very big decks, right? It's like uh, how many times can you go through the decks? Uh, three or four, something like that. So by the time you've uh, played this game, maybe two times, you kind of know all the cards that are in there. Um, which is kind of neat because you can you get better as you go, and you realize, oh, I should this is the right time in the game to use this type of card or this is the right time in the game to use that type of card this is an interesting element to this because 
you might get the right card at the right time, or you might not. So it actually introduces the element of chance into it that I think is honestly very realistic to war, which is to say, like, there are turning points in wars, and mm -hmm. you can achieve them or not in, in real life. You know what I mean? Like, if, you, if, if you're like, oh, if we can only pull this thing off, it's going to turn the war around. You know what I mean? And, you, and sometimes the side does achieve it, and sometimes the side doesn't. So I think it's realistic... Uh, and and very faithful, honestly, to war, the way that they do the card uh, pulling, basically, which is, um, you know, you shuffle that deck and then you pull a hand out of it. And you might be like, I don't have the card I need right now to do this thing. You know what I mean? Like Andrew's about to bust um, a couple of ships out of this one harbor using his card. And if I only had the one card that says, you know, like general dog man gets in the way of them busting out of the harbor or whatever like i could have just nullified his thing but i don't have it so he's gonna just get by scot-free you know what i mean um so i think that's a really interesting and that adds variability to every time you play too because it's like in this specific scenario maybe you were able to carry out two of the six turning points, you know what I mean, and successfully carry them out. Maybe the next time you play, if you play as the same faction, you might be able to carry out four of those six turning points just because that's the way, you know, fate dealt you the cards, basically. So um, it, it, it leads to, in my opinion, and, and my experience with it, with, with playing with you, Andrew, is that it leads to your, your each play being a little bit different, even though yes. on the surface you think to yourself, Wait, we all have the same card, like you know, sixteen cards or whatever, or twenty cards, whatever the deck is. It's a small deck, like you said, um, and uh, and they all like do a specific time timeline event or whatever. You know what I mean? Like this seems like it's just going to be literally playing out the textbook uh, chapter. You know what I mean? But it's not because of that element, and because of another element that we'll get into right now, which is. When you do battle, or basically when you when you do any kind of interaction between the two sides, you roll some dice, baby. We are talking about dice in this game, people, and we're talking about a lot of dice. This uh, definitely reminded me of, well, like I said, I, again, I'm, I'm not that into war games, but when you play Risk <laughs> and you have all those dice and when it comes to a big battle, you have like a giant, like you can't even hold all the dice, right? Sometimes you get into those big yeah. naval battles and you just roll like, you know, 16 dice at a time. It's... Uh, something about I that it. I love. You count up the count up how many it. you got. Yeah, it's fantastic. They have different color dice for the different sides. Um, and speaking of the different sides, they also have uh, something that I've never seen in a game before, but I'm sure it, it exists. But these are great. They have um, boat meeples. I've been calling them beeples. Uh, I'm not sure if that's <laughs> yeah, the, beeples. The, the, te the technical term. Uh, oh, oh yes. Yeah. I don't know if that's the medical term, but um, it's I'm calling them beeples. Uh, but yeah, they're like little ships, uh, that stand up there. So that's a nice little touch on this game as well. Yeah. The components look great on this one. Um, and the beeples, especially <laughs> the beeples. <laughs> uh, and that's it. So there's there, you're, you're playing out history and you have two different, uh, variables. Basically you've got the roll of the dice that can, you know, go one way or the other in terms of like how the battles are going to turn out that you wage throughout the game or, or how the, um, you know, um, objectives that you're going for are going to turn out. And you have the fact that you're pulling random cards from a deck into your hand every, you know, round or whatever. And those two things together introduce 
uh, honestly a, fa- a, a lot of variability when you play. And then somebody's gonna somebody's got to win, Andrew. That's it. You know what I mean? Love it, love it. Well, um, I know this is a historical game, <clears throat> and there's a there's a lot of more history that we didn't even talk about with this uh, first Barbary War. But um, actually, this game itself has some history to it, Pete. And I happen to look it mm. up. Yeah, this game actually uh, did did a lot of great work for me because it comes with a first of all it comes with a historical uh, note and it tells you all about the first Barbary War in case you know you want to learn something about it and it also yeah. comes with designers notes uh, where the designer Kevin Bertram just talked about um, designing this game so uh, that was very helpful for me uh, wow it's almost like he wrote it for you Andrew yeah it is uh, let's see this game a uh, very new game published in 2020 by Fort Circle Games, designed by Kevin Bertram. And this is Kevin Bertram's first game that he's designed, but he's also the the founder of Fort Circle Games. So this is kind of his company. It's uh, yeah. based in Washington, D.C., and they seem to be specializing in historical games like this at this point. Um, right. I think they are a company that wants to kind of make teaching history fun, and right. um, and and you know specific and at the same time make board gaming more educational essentially. That's right. That's right. Um, so he says that he read a book called Thomas Jefferson and the Tripoli Pirates, and he became fascinated with this uh, this event in American history that he didn't really know much about previously. Um, he was also a big fan of board games, and so when he saw that there was no game about this. He decided to make one. That's that's kind of how it uh, happened. He yeah. I mean, I have to say that um, in retrospect, now that I've played the game and I've learned the history and everything like that, it it really does lend itself to a board game really well. So it was a good it was a it was a good theme to run with. Honestly, good event to run with for a board game. I think hmm. he is a fan of historical games himself, like these kind of war type games. Uh, he said he was inspired by Twilight Struggle, which I know is very popular and. When we were playing this, Pete, you were bringing up that game, right? Twilight Struggle. Um, right. I have heard this described. Now, we, in all uh, you know, fairness, we have not played Twilight Struggle yet, Andrew. I know people <laughs> out there are blowing their tops, you know, especially war guys out there and just going nuts because it's such a staple in the two-player board game community and just the board game community at large. But don't worry. It's coming up. That being said, um, I had heard this game described kind of like as Twilight Struggle Light. You know what I mean? It, because it used so many elements that were found in Twilight Struggle. Yeah, and I think it's. I guess it's a little bit more maybe accessible than Twilight Struggle. I'm not sure, but um, right. that's where the, mm-hmm. the light comes from. Um, so Twilight Struggle, also, a couple other games. 1960, The Making of a President, uh, We the People, Ooh. Sword of Rome, and Here I Stand. Um, what do all these have in common? They're all these card-based games. So it's not like, you know, Axis and Allies or something like that where it's just yeah. dice and strategy. It's a lot of cards. So he says... Right. Uh, I feel like historically war games have been like, min- especially like miniatures and like you're moving units around and like yes. developing tactics on your own and stuff like that. Um, but then some of these games, you know, uh, Hannibal, Rome versus Carthage, uh, Twilight Struggle, stuff like that kind of took it in a new direction where it's like, yeah, but what if you also had like a hand of cards and a deck of cards that also came into play during it? So, Right, and he says that card-driven games can convey so much more history and yet be so fun to play. I think he's right because it, it kind of, 
it kind of sets this game apart for me from the other war games that I've played. Like like we said, it it works in the history more than just just the fighting, right? So it's like yes. you can you can only do certain types of fighting or certain maneuvers at certain time periods, and uh, it has a little text on the cards that tells you about you know the different things that might have happened. So I enjoy that about about it, even though you know some I've heard some people say that the cards are very text heavy, but you know I don't mind that. I think it's I think it's um, a nice touch, something different. I agree with you. I think I think it's great. I think it's one of the best parts of the game is are what's on the cards, honestly, because. It achieves what it sets out to do, I think, beautifully, which is to say it kind of like teaches all of the events in this historical um, happening, you know what I mean, in, uh, during this war, essentially. And uh, it does it in a way that pre- presents it as like flavor text, you know what I mean, to a, to a larger thing and right. in a way that is... I don't know, kind of, kind of fascinating. You know what I mean? Um, I guess I've always been a little bit of a history buff myself, but it's not my, you know, favorite subject or whatever. Um, but, e- but me like playing this game and like I would reading all of these cards, especially like and and then setting them down and everything like that. It really made me be like, aha! And now's the time when you know I, I'm going to set the USS Philadelphia on fire. You know what I mean? And right. like, it, it helps me in the game, but it also, it, it ingrains in my head. It's like, oh yeah, during the war, we actually set a, sh- a ship that had run aground on fire, you know, so that they couldn't take it and use it for themselves and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, and now that's yes. in my head. So it really achieves, and that's an interesting, uh, like, pl- plot development or whatever for lack of a different word you know what i mean like there's there's like interesting writing and interesting story built into this game because it already happened and was interesting and they're and then they're presenting it in in a way that's very interesting too so uh it's like there are this this has a does this game have theme yeah this game has tons (laughs) of theme it is it is theme you know what i mean like um right right some, sometimes people create a game and they just don't put really any story in it. You know what I mean? Right. But this whole game is a marriage of game and story. You know what I mean? Uh, on, honestly, to the point of which I've seen and played very few of. You know what I mean? Some A game that has as developed a story as this. And like I said, uh, one of the best parts of it, especially for the designer probably, is that they didn't even have to come up with it themselves. They just had to <laughs> relay it because it already happened. You know what I mean? So um, there's... There's interesting people in it on both sides, and they get presented on the cards. You know what I mean? And then there's interesting events that happen uh, for on both sides, and they get presented in the cards too. And I don't know. That's to me, that's a cool. That's a cool thing. It's kind of like a. It's almost like you're creating a slightly different version of the war as you go. It's like a choose your own adventure version of the war. It's like, well, you know, right. I'm going to do this, but that event didn't happen this time. I'm going to skip over to this one. So it's yeah. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Oh, so also, uh, he said, uh, Kevin, Kev, Kev, as I call him, you know, uh, he, he wanted to hey emphasize, Kev. yeah, hey, Kev, he wanted to emphasize that uh, Tripoli was a rational actor in this war. Like, it was it was nation-state versus another nation-state, rather than, some people call this the first war on terror because it was pirates, right? Um, mm. But he wanted to show that, like, no, it's, it's it, it was two nations at war. And I think yeah. you fi- I think you find that in the game uh, for sure because you see some some of the uh, people involved on the uh, Tripoli side as well as as America. You know, it seems when you're playing the game, it seems like both are kind of evenly matched. I guess a little bit. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and like on both sides, there is like the the head person for the nation state right. is represented. You know what I mean? Like you've got Jefferson on the one side, and you have uh, Yusuf um, Ooh Karamanli. <laughs> I feel like is is close at least. I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me, but. Um, he was the the bay, you know, the um, the ruler essentially of Tripoli. Yeah. I mean, so Tripoli at this point was like, um, I don't know what the correct term would be, but they were part of the Ottoman Empire, so they weren't their own kingdom like Morocco was, but they were, but they were also kind of like a neglected part of the Ottoman Empire. Like the Ottoman Empire was like, you are part of us, but also we don't care enough about you to like really have a presence there. You know what I mean, kind of thing. <laughs> right. So just do your own thing. You know what I mean, and. It, um, and may and we'll probably take some money from you sometimes, you know, kind of thing. But otherwise, like, like their parents are out of the house, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and but but yeah, it, it is not. This isn't just some ragtag group of of guys on the one side and like the U.S. army right. all the way up to the top on the other side. Like this is like yeah, like you said, evenly matched. It's like, um, you know, it yeah, two nation states. Uh, yeah. I, that makes total sense to me, and I got that sense of it from playing the game. I'd say the only pushback I'll give on that on that note that I just made there <laughs> is that when you read the historical notes that come in the game, it's all from the United States point of view. And that and he, true for a first of all, he did not write the the designer of the game did not write those historical notes. I think he got some history professor to write those. Uh, but okay. um, but yeah, it, it's all written from the United States point of view. I, I don't know if maybe that's just because we have more um, historical. Like you know, we have more source material uh, written down by Americans than than uh, on the other yeah, side. Yeah, I think that's I probably know. it. I, I I think that's probably a, a very indirect consequence of Islamophobia throughout the ages. You know what I mean, kind of thing. Like, right. a, a, I think they are also a victim of um, the fact that we have had so little involvement with uh, Muslim countries. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that that there isn't as much, like you said, source material. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure it basically would be, it would be harder to find it. I feel like, you know what I mean? Than it would be with some other countries kind of thing. Uh, so I, I don't begrudge them that essentially. I think that they are, like I said, they, that is also a, um, an unfortunate. Right. uh, And it's not, it's not like of our, our history or whatever. It's not like the historical notes are like, yay, America, good guys, and like all rosy or anything like that. It's just it's just all told from their point of view kind of thing. That's all. That's that's a good point, Andrew, because I and you know this because I asked you to, I uh, you know, <laughs> send me the the notes and everything like that. Um, I, I went through them with a with a fine tooth comb essentially because I was like, I I am hmm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get these guys. I bet they're super like uh, <laughs> blindly patriotic and like super anti you know, uh, Tripoli and and maybe even Islamophobic themselves and blah, 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 blah. But I, I did not get the sense from the note. I felt like the notes, you know, were honestly very fairly written uh, or, or, and, and the, the text about the historical event itself. It was just like, it, you know, treated both sides like just like you said, two nation states that were in war and right. trying to win it and trying to... Uh, have the best performance of tactics to win it. You know what I mean? There wasn't a lot of judgment about either side, right? Which is interesting because there there is kind of like a built-in judgment at at that time that led to the war. Sure. Because if you if you uh, if you like look back at texts from the time or whatever, it's like um, some of these pirates were uh, taking 
pr- prisoners from the the merchant ships that they were um, like boarding and and commandeering, and then sold them onto the slave market, um, like cool. the Ottoman Empire slave trade, basically. So there were. Um, you know, like uh, U.S. and uh, people who were becoming slaves, essentially, um, and being traded off in that in that Mediterranean region. And uh, I think I think Jefferson especially was like uh, I, I think he had some conversation or some 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 diplomat maybe had a conversation with um, the leader of uh, of Tripoli and was like, now what makes you think that you have the right? to to enslave our people or something like that and the guy was basically like uh hey man you know whatever (laughs) whatever goes whatever well i think he actually says basically like the quran says any infidels like any any non-believers we can do whatever we want with them basically and it and so it's like of all of all countries to (laughs) be criticizing another country for uh, enslaving people it's like the u.s like and this is like the 1800s it's like okay kind of a bad look honestly kind of you know kind of kind of throwing stone in in a one huge glass house you know what i mean Uh, a country that goes goes on to be the biggest you know um proponent and biggest uh um, uh, benefactor of slavery ever in history, basically, you know, kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but uh, that is to say, I did not get the sense from the the text in this game and the historical supplement that those kinds of judgments existed. That um, no. that they agreed with, you know, the thinking of the time, which was like. Uh, these people are barbarians and and how dare they take our people you know slaves blah 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 you know and we are the just and god-given right to go that you know what i mean like it there wasn't (laughs) that kind of you know it wasn't written by like fox like fox news is not gonna like you know sell this game on on air you know what i mean (laughs) because they because it's like super you know pay uh, hyper patriotic blindly or whatever you know what i mean um Although it's funny you bring up Fox News because the 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 <laughs> the book that oh. apparently inspired this game, uh, what did I say? It was called Thomas Jefferson and the Tripoli Pirates, was written by Brian Kilmeade of Fox News, Fox and Friends. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. I just have to. I'm just currently putting my foot uh, directly in my mouth, so I'll be right back with you. If you hear but any muffling, no, just. <laughs> That's like three degrees well, removed from this game, so I don't know. We don't know. But uh... and and I will say, hey, listen, I don't know anything about the folks that made this game. Uh, literally, know nothing about them. All I know is that they they made a good game, in my opinion. Right. And the other thing that I know is that the source material that they wrote for this does not seem to be very yes. biased. You know yes. what I mean? In in any in any direction. You know what I mean? So good on them. If they if they happen to be folks that I don't agree with politically, um, it did not you know, come across in, in, in anything here, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. uh, that I can, that, that's cool with me. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to read, now I'm going to have to read that book to see what, if it's, uh, well, anyway, never mind. Um, uh, <clears throat> the only other thing I have here is that, uh, he wants to mention that some, some of the details of the war have been changed for, uh, for the game purposes. So this is not mm. 100% historical. Like the exact dates that you can play certain cards are, switched around just to make the game flow a little bit better um yeah the variety of ships which actually i appreciate because it makes it a lot simpler like there are lots of different classes of ships that were actually used during this time and uh if there's only two really in the for each side you get the big ones and the small ones so um i like that about that it was just kept, kept a lot more simple 
Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's, it, I mean, a historical event like this isn't going to do a hundred percent line up with like right. board gaming. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm sure there was some tinkering and some there's like the card. adjusting of some things, but there wasn't any major changes. You know what I mean? Not, it, not it, totally. It would no. seem to me there's like a card that uh, Constantinople sends aid, which is like a big one for Tripoli. That that never happened in the in real life. And mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. other allies, but, but the, like needed, you know, needed so that it wasn't unbalanced. Like I, I get right. that. You know, what yes, I mean? you need, and you it need... could have happened and stuff sure. like that. So sure. yeah, the it's not other... completely out of left field. It's not like. Um, and the Muslims all know magic or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it doesn't get crazy. You know what I mean? Like, no, it, no, it seems very realistic. I would believe it at least. Um, the other allies getting involved actively never happened. The, uh, cause that's kind of a big part of the, the game is the Morocco and Tunis getting, and Algiers getting involved. They, that was always right. like, on, that was always in the back of the Americans mind that that could happen and they didn't want to like. Yeah, it pissed them off, but um, they never actually got involved. Uh, they never actually got involved in it. That is yeah. that is true. Yeah. Uh, though it, it is also true. I, I was reading that um, they were like on the brink of war with each one of them at different <laughs> right. times. You know what I mean? Like so, it, it, uh, this that was that's again like a you know an example of um, something that very well could have happened. It just didn't yes. happen to happen on this this timeline that right. you know that in our in our life or whatever. So I happen to see that the next thing from Kevin Bertram and Fort Circle Games is the Halls of Montezuma, which is another historical game, uh, mm. which which <laughs> he's he's going for all the references from the Marine hymn song. It's Him. <laughs> from the halls of Montezuma and the shores mm, of the Tripoli. shores of Tripoli, right? <laughs> yeah. Which, Which uh, been... of course, you know, uh, everyone listening probably knows from uh, po- Looney Tunes cartoons, like me, right? I mean, <laughs> and those are the only two lines I actually, I actually know from it, and it's because you know they would sing it. I don't know, Bugs Bunny would sing it as he was like in the shower or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, that song's been stuck in my head all week since we played this. While we're playing, yeah, I'm like yeah, calling yeah. it. It's catchy. I mean, it's catchy. It's um, catchy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's uh, the long history of this historical game. Um, Pete, what do you say? Should we review on this? Review on this. Yeah, Andrew, I think we should review on this. I'm going to go ahead and read uh, some reviews of this game, and we're going to talk a little bit about what that means, what that reveals about these people's lives, I'd say, Andrew. This first person, Andrew, that I took from gave it a 5 out of 10, and they said, very railroaded. Well, Andrew... (laughs) This was around the time that railroad travel was really hitting its stride, but unfortunately there are no railroads in this one. It's all (laughs) on the sea, you know, close, but no cigar. You might have confused this one with Ticket to Ride, baby. Perhaps Monopoly, like, you know, you collect all four. Perhaps (laughs) Monopoly you're thinking of, my friend. This one happens to be Navy-based, you know what I mean? (laughs) Andrew, this person said 6 out of 10, and they said, I really wish... There were a bit more control uh, or more ways to make critical roles succeed at some sort of cost. Uh, yeah. You know who else feels that way? Like they want to have more control and they wish they could just pay a little bit of a price to, you know, help things turn out better. People at war. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> – you know, uh, you th- 
I, I wish I could pay some kind of money or something to make sure that my bullets hit all the guys I'm trying to kill. Yeah, no duh. We all <laughs> wish that we could, you know, <laughs> pay for the outcome we want. But unfortunately, that's that's not how wars work. You know what I mean? Or fortunately, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I mean, if if you could pay for the outcome you want, then it, the richest countries would always win the war. So I guess I don't really want that. But you know what I'm trying to say, Andrew? I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It doesn't it doesn't all go according. To, the best things, the things that you want, don't always happen. Right. You, can't you can't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you need. There's no real the life stunts. There's no real life V bucks that you could just like buy your way. There's no real. There's no real life V bucks. Unfortunately, <laughs> kids are gonna kids are gonna have a rude awakening. You know what I mean? When they get out into the workforce and they can't just buy V bucks with mom's credit card. You know, this person gave it a seven out of ten. They said, "Well integrated and unusual theme." Yeah. Well. When 98% of war games take place during World War II, Andrew, any other war would be unusual. You know what I mean? Guys really <laughs> love World War II, Andrew. There's like a million war games that take place during World War II, and there's like three other ones. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that you said uh, guys really love World War II, uh, which is true when it comes in the, in love the, world, it. In the world game. <laughs> but of all the wars to love, uh, you know, it's like the most uh, horrific war in human history, of course, and we, we, right. all, we all love it. Well, they can't love Vietnam because that was we got absolutely owned in that one. You know what I mean? That was such a huge mistake. Um, Korea, no one talks about. You know what I mean? Um, right. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, all the all the Gulf War stuff is huge, a me- huge mess, never ending. You know what I mean? So it's like World War Two was like the last one where they were like, and the Nazis, of course, were like the be- you know, the pure. Right, purely the best enemy or whatever, blah blah blah. They love they love that stuff. You know what I mean? Can't get right. enough of it. Guy's guess, favorite war. War's I guess war it's two, the most. You know? I guess it's probably the most clear cut good and evil, good versus evil kind of thing. But uh, that's a good point. Yeah, but still, and it's the one where they. It's one where war guys who like love. Like I'm not talking about war gamers. I'm just talking about guys who love war in general. <laughs> and they're out there, baby. Um, and uh, it's the one that they use all the time to like justify. They're like, well, if we didn't fight World War II, you know, you'd be bowing down to Hitler right now, you kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, it's funny. You don't want to talk about any other war, though, right? Where it was a little <laughs> bit more gray, right? Where you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. You know? Just because that one was necessary doesn't mean the other ones were also necessary, right? <clears throat> exactly, point. exactly. Now, Andrew, this person gave it a seven out of ten, and they said naval combat solitaire. Call me crazy, Andrew, but I don't think this game shares much of anything with the game of solitaire. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. I think this. I think this guy just looks at every game through a solitaire lens. You know? Well, there is a solo variant on this one in the rulebook. Uh, yeah, but, but are you like putting down cards in ascending order or whatever? You know what I mean? No, no, not that. No, sure. it has nothing to do with solitaire. You know <laughs> I what see. I mean? So this, like like he like this guy calls Magic the Gathering fantasy solitaire. You know what I mean? It's like what? No, it's not. You know, Candyland so is candy solitaire. You know? Any anything with cards is solitaire. I got it. Yeah. Well, he might even go so far as to say Battleship. You know, also naval combat Whoa. solitaire. You know what I mean? <laughs> that doesn't even have cards in it. Unbelievable. I know, right? Andrew, this person gave it a seven out of ten. They they like the game, and they say for me the theme is weak though and unappealing. Now, Andrew, here's a crucial piece of info to fully understand this review. Okay. Because on the website, it, it says that this person is from Greece. Oh. And I think that puts a whole new meaning on this one because I think they'd find the theme much stronger and more appealing if the Greeks were 
represented in this game at all, essentially, because I think there were actually, from what I read, Greek mercenaries that were in the the ground troops, the armors that marched from Alexandria, you know what I mean, and ended up taking Tripoli and everything like that, along with the Arab mercenaries that were part of that army, too. But they're not mentioned in the game, you know what I mean? The Greeks are kind of, they're not part of this game. But they were a part of the history of it. So I think this guy who is Greek is like, yeah, I don't know. There's something about this game. You know, it, uh, it wasn't really appealing to me. You know what I mean? Mainly because they left us out of it. You know what I mean? Right. And Greece, just so close to being on this map. It's like just so it's like, close <laughs> to being on the map. It's like, and I mean, you know, obviously a huge presence in that in that region. You know what I mean? So right. it's like. It almost seems like it's a pointed, you know, effort to not include. Now, it's probably an effort from the designer to just not overly complicate things. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. To introduce make... yet another, you know, faction or whatever. Right. But that being said, if you know, I'm sure the Greeks have an axe to grind with this one. You know what I mean? Absolutely, they're furious about it. Andrew, this person gave it an eight out of ten, and they said, additionally, this covers a less discussed portion of American history, and I look forward to introducing it to my homeschooled children as we learn about the early years of our country. Mm, all right, bud. Listen, this is why you don't homeschool, okay? Only one set of eyes on your curriculum here, Andrew. Good luck teaching your kids about a war no one cares about that simply, like, stopped tribute payments for three years or whatever instead of teaching them how to, like, do their taxes. You know what I mean? <laughs> this guy, this person is like, uh, man, can't wait to do my whole unit on this this forgotten war. It's like, yeah, maybe, you know... Maybe something about real estate and, like, mortgages or something like that, maybe, you know? I don't know that they're going to need to know about the Barbary War out there. Well... You know what I mean? Maybe maybe don't devote an entire unit to it. Maybe just, uh... Right. Spend, spend like, maybe an afternoon on the Barbary War, and then... But if you want to get into real estate and mortgages, you know, break out the Monopoly, and uh, that's how you get board games into the classroom. Now nah, we're talking, Andrew. Yeah, just... Oh, man. The world, the world is essentially run by guys who learned everything about, you know economies through monopoly basically you know what i mean that was the big mistake of the 20th century was uh, guys who idolized mr monopoly letting you know monopoly mean? become jeff, so jeff popular. bezos mark yeah. zuckerberg you know what i mean post uh, framed picture of mr monopoly hanging up in there they love the guy you know what i mean if only monopoly had been a cooperative game what the world could be like today we, we just we'll exactly know. Andrew, this person gave it an 8.1 out of 10 and they said best game for a marine band and a sing-along all right well <laughs> My question is, what rounds out your list of top ten games for Marine bands? Then, huh? You know what I mean? Like, what's your t- what's your top ten Marine band games list? You know what I mean? Yeah, th- this company is already uh, with Halls of Montezuma. You got your top two right there. Uh, yeah, I can't think of any others. Battleships, the only other one. Battleship I is on there too. That's really more you know? of a that's more of a navy game. Really, hungry, hungry it. hippos. You know right. what I mean? Just it's like oh, yeah, you're you kind of stretching it a little thin there, just because that one is in the water. You know what I mean? Don't break well, the ice. No, it's frozen. You know what I mean? It's right. Like, the hungry, hungry hippos. I like that one because hippos are animals that live on land and water. So that's kind of marine. Yeah. theme. they're kind of like the original marines. You know, right. what I mean? God's God's marines. I like to call them. You know <laughs> <Right>. what I mean? <laughs> and I, that's why I salute them every time I uh, you know sim- <laughs> simplify hippos. You know what I mean? I'm gonna start doing that. Our query. Hoorah! <laughs> just going, just just running up to hippos and going, hoorah! Right in their face. You know what I mean? <laughs> hippos with trucks with truck nuts on the back and a Simperfy bumper sticker on the. Slap Our, a Simperfy bumper sticker on the back of a hippo. 
Our aquarium has a hippo exhibit, which is pretty impressive. Also, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, this is not enough space for a giant animal like that. But um, yeah, when, I do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I do go see it, uh, from now on, I'm going to stand there and salute and see if I get any weird yeah. looks. My kid, my kid will be like, Dad, you're embarrassing me. God's <laughs> Marines. God bless. Yeah. Andrew, this next one and last one is coming from a different website. It's coming from uh, Jeff Bezos's uh, home, Amazon. Am- what, what, uh, Jeff Bezos five pre- Amazon Street. You know what I mean. Jeff Bezos presents Amazon. Yes. Jeff Bezos presents Amazon, <laughs> the Criterion Collection. They gave it a perfect <laughs> score, though, Andrew. They gave it a five out of five, and they said it was good to see you offer a game from a new publisher. Never know the game was out there. Thanks a lot. Keep up the good work, uh, Andrew. Is this man talking directly to Amazon? <laughs> you know what I mean. And then urging them to. Keep up the good work. You know what I mean? Like, this is the most deranged thing I've ever read in my life. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, like, own the world already. You know what I mean? Hey, love what you're doing there, Amazon.com. Keep up keep up the good work. Keep going. You know what I mean? You can do it. We're all cheering you on. One day, maybe you can control maybe the entire solar system. You know what I mean? Signed, your buddy Craig. <laughs> Yeah, keep up the good work, Amazon. Insane guys, you know what I mean? Like it's I my my mother, God bless her, I love her, but I could see her writing like some you know post or whatever thanking Mark Zuckerberg for Facebook. It's just like <laughs> Boomer's the most deranged you know people hey, on earth. Watch it, we got Boomers listening to the show right now. Boomers, <laughs> um, yeah, well, and we probably have more Boomers listening to this one because you know war gamers are typically you know. Okay, okay, boomer. Right, <clears throat> all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh. oh, and boom goes the dynamite, Andrew. Speaking of which, <laughs> or wait, that's not dynamite. That's your uh, that's your doorbell. I always get those two confused. Well, it's because you have uh, a MIDI. You have a you got a, a sound file of dynamite going off. It's uh, a very loud electronic doorbell. doorbell. Yeah, it's, it's a very loud doorbell. Uh, you're a huge Looney Tunes fan over there. Just uh, dynamite, letting you know somebody's there. You know, big well, a big uh, Yosemite Sam fan. You know what I mean? Right. That's got how the, I got that's... the plunger. You know, plunger. Uh, do you think they ever had plunger? dynamite like that or i guess they did right but they must crazy, have. where huh? where would they come up with that that plunger idea yeah. for dynamite yeah that's how right. i know that was like a tex are. avery invention that was like yeah that must have been a thing anyway i yes i like to i like to push the plunger down on dynamite while the marine song is playing in the background yeah that's it well that's also a muppets i feel like that's there wasn't there the guy in the muppets who was uh but there was a, stuff to music yes. or whatever. The mad, uh, mad Bomber, I think they called him. Yeah, it wasn't that song, but yeah, he definitely uh, had wow. that plunger. It was like blowing, and always his hair was on, you know, his hair was smoking and stuff, ashes on his face. Wasn't wasn't that song yet until the Muppets Back the Blue, Andrew? No, just kidding. That's the next Muppets <laughs> movie, The Muppets Back the Blue. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, um, well, now we've made him wait outside for his, he keeps ringing your doorbell, Andrew. We might as well let this guy in. Uh, of course, I know who it is. I can tell because you have your, uh, your 
ring, which we, <laughs> you, you got that camera, you know, or I don't know if it's ring brand or whatever, but it, I know it has a camera because we watched that man on your porch that one night who was a large man who, yeah. what? <laughs> who kept coming back. Anyway, uh, <laughs> longtime listeners will remember that story and uh, probably it, it haunts them at night, you know, it's their sleep <laughs> paralysis demon. Is I know it is mine, at least. Uh, it's Dr. Fraser Crane. Dr. Fraser Crane. Oh, all right, finally, Dr. Fraser Crane has arrived. Uh, this is the and finally of... we let him in. Know what I mean? He was like, "This is these the... guys going off on a tangent." You know, that guy was freezing out there. Uh, this is the part it's of the show where we count down the top ten phrases that you'll hear someone say while playing the game of Shores of Tripoli. Number ten. Okay, I'll be the USA, USA. So <clears throat> I guess that makes you the Nazis. I don't know. Number nine. Yeah, it's getting serious now, so I'm taking my powdered wig off. Number eight. Ooh, I'm going to use the Thomas Jefferson card here because I learned in school that he could never tell a lie. Number seven. Muhammad, look away, because we're about to dine on these American pigs. Number six. Wait a second, Hamlet's army is in this? Was Shakespeare even born at this point? Number five. Obama's drones would have taken care of this entire war without any American casualties, just saying. Number four. The Philadelphia runs aground. Huh? Oh, oh yeah, that, that's that ship that they named after the state. Number three. Algiers and Tunis are my ride or dies. If they ride, you die. Number two. Hey, listen, this has been fun. I'm just thankful that Ben Franklin invented the light bulb so we could have game night tonight. Number one. Actually, the more I think about it, I bet they'd have a hard time putting a president obama card in this game because on the one hand he was uh, the american president but on the other hand he was also a muslim hey all you out there in podcast land yeah we're just popping into our own show to interrupt and uh tell you about a little something we got called patreon um i know that a lot of you maybe uh remember the 90s pete do you remember the 90s the 90s, the 90s. Hmm, sounds familiar, but remind me um, what that was like, Andrew. Okay, yeah, the 90s was pretty much you were on the playground playing a game called Pogs, okay? little card- Oh, now I remember Pogs. Yes, little cardboard discs with uh, cool illustrations on them and different designs. Well, do you want to get access to some custom Pogs uh, that are all thematically related to your favorite podcast, Who Can Play That Game?, Well, you can if you visit us on Patreon. You can have access to... We'll mail physical pogs to you uh, in the mail. And you can touch something that Pete and I have touched with our hands. It's it's collectible each month. Different designs relating to each episode and other running gags that we have here on the show. Really cool collector's item. So I'm going to get one pog a month, Andrew? That's Uh, that's, not bad, I guess. No, 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 Pete. That's a set of six pogs every month. Every month I'm going to get six pogs. Each pog has an individual design on it that relates to my, my favorite podcast in one way or another, whether it be an inside joke or a specific episode. or That's right. Wow. You can check that out if you visit Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash two can play that game podcast. So check it out today. Okay, I'm just about to do it. Actually, you know what? I'll just bookmark it and come back to it later, because we got to get back to the show, Andrew. Chess break. All right, I think we really need a break from all of this stuff here. Uh, It's time for a chess break, and um, 
It is uh, that time where we play our ongoing game of chess. Right, Pete? We have a uh, chess game going on. We've been playing it forever. It's like this five-year war that's been going on forever. Um, and I believe it's your turn today, Pete. Is that right? It is my turn. I guess I'll get on with it if you're going to continually censor me with my you know, opinions about President Barack Obama. No, <laughs> <laughs> Typical Andrew going to a different segment when we Stop. get into the... No. <laughs> Stop bringing up Obama. All right. (laughs) Just just kidding. Um, Okay. Hope he's doing well. Uh, Andrew, it is my move. Uh, Actually, and I might as well just say right now, hope uh, George W. Bush is not doing well. Okay, Andrew, (laughs) this is my move. Uh, And... um, yeah, it's going to be a simple one for me, Andrew. I'm just my queen's going to take pawn on e4. You know, um, your pawn just tasted blood. You know what I mean? But now it's time for it to go to the afterlife. Wow! Look at that queen just zooming in right in the center of the board now. Oh yeah, this is what I was worried about. Queen's looking all over this board right now, Andrew. I gotta say, you know. Yikes! You and got, uh, you got eyes on my rook up there, but you it's also it's a pretty open board right now. It appears to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could also zoom right up in there. Ooh, and put me. We could have the. Oh my goodness, we could have a check coming in soon. We haven't had a check yet in this game, so we haven't had we haven't had a check yet, and I haven't had a check. You know, in months from the American government, great handling of the pandemic. Now, you know, I mean, just like, <laughs> <laughs> well, Pete, by the time this episode comes out, we'll have monthly checks. You know that. Come on. I mean, yeah, because we'll be deep, back deep within the <laughs> heart of the pandemic. Yeah, we're, we're looking. We are. <laughs> We are uh, looking into our scrying, you know, ball or whatever right now and seeing a return of the, the pandemic, you know what I mean? Uh, and uh, and we could very well, when this airs, Andrew, we could very well be eating crow, you know what I mean? We could be very depressed <laughs> that we ever even started saying this on this episode. But. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully not. Anyway, only time will tell. Andrew, oh, you know what? Uh, time's gonna Time's telling me right now, Andrew, is it's time. For an acquaintance call-in. Acquaintance call-in. All right, it's time for another acquaintance call-in here on the show. And, uh, of course, this is the time where we have somebody call into the show. A lot of people will call this maybe like a friend of the show, but, of course, here that's just not true, right? That would be disingenuous. So it's just an acquaintance, just somebody that we know. So, uh, Pete, who do we have on the on the phone today? Andrew, today on the phone, we got Jesse. And Jesse is an American history teacher, Andrew. So I thought Jesse would be the perfect person to have on and talk about the Shores of Tripoli game and what we're seeing in front of us. You know what I mean? Hey, Jesse, how's it, how's it going, man? Going pretty well. Um, and I think, honestly, even acquaintance is a bit strong. I think maybe <laughs> we can say casual acquaintance. There you Passerby. go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Perfect. Well-wisher, uh, well maybe, in that well I wisher. don't wish hey, you I'll any take... specific harm. <laughs> yes, okay, yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Well, hey, that's already better than about 90% of the people I know in my life who, who have very specific harm that they wish on me. You know what I mean? Fair. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Jesse, remind us what, uh, so are you, you specifically teach American history, right? Is that true? Uh, no, not, not specifically. Um, ah, so I, I teach two courses. Um, right. one, one is, uh, I guess what you would call like a, a world civ that focuses more Eastern hemisphere. Okay. And then the, the other cool. course is strictly American history. Okay. So you cover a lot of the world. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, 
in that American history cast, what do you generally cover in a year? Like what are you going like from a certain date to a certain date? Are you doing mainly early stuff? Or are you doing? So I try to cover as much as I can. Yeah. Um, so generally, you know, 1400s to, oh, wow. I would say most years I get into about the 1970s. Wow. Okay. Um, sure. because and, it's, and at that it's, point, then you get bogged down with all the CIA killings and, uh, you know, all the, all the coups in South America and stuff like that. And it just kind of, then you well, don't have the time left in the, in the year. Yeah, no, I, I do actually usually end up, um, closing the year out with COINTELPRO, actually speaking Yo, of like, you know, okay. shitty, uh... wow. now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had you as a teacher when I was growing up. I probably, I, pro- I guess I, I, Maybe my history teachers tried to do it and went right over my head, but I, uh, I don't think no. so. I have some square history teachers. You know what I mean? I don't think they ever mentioned COINTELPRO. I don't think they. I feel like we never, we never got past World War II in my uh, U.S. history classes. So the fact that you're yeah. getting that far is pretty impressive. There's a lot to cover, and you start yeah, all the it... way back in like the, you know, 1400s. That's way back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I usually start and it's obviously like much more on people's minds now. Um, but you know, I'm ahead of the game i like to think yeah, uh, yeah. so I, I i would usually <laughs> kind of start the year with conversations about you know columbus and yeah. how he should be thought about um and Thank actually specifically about like the idea of what to do with monuments um oh, which cool. I, which obviously you know I've, I've been doing that lesson for many years yeah. and now you know with um recent events e- even you know in philadelphia and in other cities yeah across the country and and across the world you know this sort of like rethinking and recontextualizing of history is is much more on people's minds so it'll be i'm i'm curious to see how much more opinionated perhaps the students may come into those conversations from the jump whereas yeah. before it was you know very much a, a blank slate um yeah. i'm curious now that that's that conversation is kind of in the ether uh more if they come already with the viewpoint yeah because they might have these fresh memories of statues getting taken down or stuff like that or like riots or around a statue or whatever like people protecting the statue from blah 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 you know i mean yada 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 so they might actually literally they might perk up now when you mention it because they're like oh i know that that happened in my neighborhood or whatever you know what i mean or 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 they might have more input from a parent you know the the teacher the kids that i teach are, are middle school level you know so that might be like oh, you know, my dad was really pissed off when X, Y, and Z happened or, yeah. you know, oh, X, Y, and Z happened. And like, my mom thought it was a really cool thing. And then we had a conversation about like this, this, and this. So, yeah. yeah, it'll be. That's I'm, a cool idea. It say. kind of like uh, grounds it in their, uh, their life in a way that probably has never happened before with people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. growing up, if we would be like, oh uh, yeah, I guess there's maybe a statue downtown. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. It was just, but it wasn't a part of our wasn't a, it wasn't an event in our life and now for this for this crop of kids it probably will be yeah for sure how difficult is it in general jesse to uh to get kids excited about learning about american history you know what i mean like obviously that that sounds like a pretty exciting lesson essentially to talk about like tearing statues down and stuff like that it sounds like something kids would probably love to talk about but like in general do you find uh that kids come into it and they're like nah i don't know what is this you know what i mean yeah, I mean, I think, I think with the job of teaching, p- part of it is 
you're a, you're a salesperson, right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you, you have to sell it to the kids why they should care. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, and I, I start the year out explaining that to the kids. I'm like, you should be asking me why it's important that you're learning this. And if I yeah. can't answer it, then I'm not doing my job. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I think I, you know, I don't find it too difficult because I think I'm good at selling my ideas about why it's something that they should be doing. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, and specifically like in the case of, so this game that we played is based, it's the whole thing is the first Barbary war Mm -hmm. um, over in the Mediterranean, basically. And usually when we talk about that with somebody, like if we talk about how the the fact that this is going to be an episode or we're playing this game and this is what it is, they always go, I've never heard of that basically. Uh, And I would, I would assume it's one of those wars where it's like, if somebody, if you were teaching this to somebody and somebody was like, you know, Mr. Jesse, what, um, why do we have to know this? You know what I mean? Like I, the answer might even be like, you kind of don't, there's kind of, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like, like Andrew and I had to learn kind of all about this just when we played the game. So I had no idea about this. And I felt like coming away from it, I was like, uh, eh, you know, this was a, this was a cool setting for this game. I don't know that I necessarily, you know, the game even comes with like a mini textbook that tells you all the details of the war because I think they they realize like hey nobody's ever heard of this before so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no it's it's definitely one of the more I would say obscure wars um, yeah. for sure in the U.S.'s history and it also takes place during a time that is often skipped over. Right. Yep. Because mm-hmm. teachers and probably especially true for for people of our generation and older, so much of your American history education was just so centered on the Revolutionary War and, you know, the, the founding fathers, quote unquote, and like that whole time period. Yeah. And then the time period sort of immediately after that tends to kind of get lost in the sauce a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course this in the early 1800s falls right, right in that timeframe that is often skipped over. I feel like we would always jump right into like the civil war for a long time. I felt like the civil war happened like right after the revolutionary war. I was, you know, because we just, uh, just never learned that much about the in-between time. Yeah. It's a good point. It's like, it's like all the, all the revolutionary war stuff and like the drafting of the blah, blah, this, all these documents coming in and everything like that. And then like a paragraph about the war of 1812 where they're like, yes, <laughs> yeah, stuff got crazy or whatever. And then like, but let's get to the real meat of it, you know, America stuff or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And no, you're, you're exactly right. You know, the, the war of 1812 might get sort of a quick mention like, Hey, there was another war with England. Did we win? Did we lose? Uh who cares let's talk about something else yeah 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 right let's get to the real (laughs) stuff cannons you know i mean yeah 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 exactly um the uh so andrew mentioned that this uh game comes with like an insert that's multiple pages that kind of goes through the history of it and uh i was jesse i was trying to pick this thing apart because i was like andrew let let me get my hands on that thing because like I i was like i bet i bet they uh i bet there's some stuff in here i bet there's like islamophobia in here i bet there's stuff that vilifies you know the interesting point i I figured because i was like i was like hey this is a classic like we win you know we get in a fight with specifically like a muslim nation or, or like pirates that identified as muslim um and uh 
and there was like there's always moral stuff wrapped up in like piracy and stuff like that and i was like i bet there's some juicy stuff in here but honestly the authors we felt like did a pretty good job of being very objective and they were they just kind of stuck to the facts and they um presented like both sides as just like two sides of a war essentially they didn't they didn't really get into a lot of um editorializing uh and uh and and i wanted to ask you like in your experience Mm -hmm. with like texts and textbooks and stuff like that is Mm -hmm. what's what's more common do you find a lot of editorializing in that kind of stuff that you use as as uh sources or so in i i love that question um i don't actually use a textbook in my class oh cool so yeah that is good I know. Yeah, but that, that blows button. my mind because then it's like, well, but what, it does, everything, right? like everything as kids, it, it, you, for your course, you had the text, everything came from the textbook, right? That's it, what I'm used to. Exactly, right? Like for, for people of an older generation, that, that is something where you're, you're kind of taken aback from that. But yeah, no, I've, I've never really, um, I've been teaching for, oh God, um, am I like 15 years in the game, something like yeah, something insane, yeah. which I don't even want to think about. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> part no, of American what, history now. <clears throat> yeah. Seriously. Right. Um, yeah. But you, you bring up an interesting point, Pete. And, and what I would say in terms of the editorializing, sometimes I will use that. Um, the only time I will use a textbook is sort of as a talking point to talk about the editorializing, to talk about the decisions that are made, what is in there. Yeah. Okay, but then also think about what is not in there. And for the things that are in there, let's think about the way it's used to describe it, right? And like when we're talking about something like the Barbary Wars, uh, there for, for a time after 9-11, it became, I don't know if fashionable is the right word, but you would start to see uh, historians and thinkers calling this uh, retrospectively or retroactively the, the first war on terror. Mm. right or like uh, yeah, you know, but, yes. or, but why but why is that because there were mm. there were pirates people were messing with american ships the french mm-hmm. were doing it the british were doing it but why is it when there's these people from the muslim world doing it that retroactively historians start to talk about it as terrorism right yes and then yes. that can open up so many different interesting conversations right and and that's one of the things about teaching younger people is don't underestimate them right because like you might think about that and like wow man you know like these are 13 year old kids they're not ready to have a conversation about you know like something sort of that that nuance but but they frequently i find um almost always they actually they are you know yeah 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 yeah. and they probably appreciate an adult actually coming to them and being like let's talk about this uh, because it probably doesn't happen very often. You know what I mean? Yeah. Quite frankly. Jesse, it sounds like you're doing uh, a lot more work than my history teachers ever did. They just had the book and they just be like, okay, chapter two, you know, so yeah. I, maybe just stop yeah. doing so much work. I don't know. It just sounds like you're <laughs> yeah. You ever thought about <laughs> not doing so much dang work, Jesse? I'm trying to like improve these history classes so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, no, you're, you're right though. Like history, history classes when we were kids, they were frequently some of the worst ones because it would literally just be like, yeah, read these pages, answer the questions, the end of the section review and like, don't yep. bother me. Yeah. It was really, it was really bad. I, I tell that to my kids all the time. Like, you know, I, I often have like ongoing jokes with my students um, just about like, 
it like sort of fluctuating between like putting myself up on a pedestal in sort of like a joking funny way and yeah. also being like really self-deprecating at the same time yeah, but yeah. you know sometimes i'll just talk about how great i am and how they should be so thankful for me um and how much better i am than yeah. any teacher that i ever had myself as a yeah kid. but also like <laughs> but, true. But, but, but i'm not kidding about that yeah last part. i'm like I, yeah th- i mean that is like it's like and it's like i'm like the person walking by and being like overhearing and being like yeah no that's true i mean i'm 35 and uh i can uh, i can tell you that that's true you know what i mean yes yeah. he's just trying to it's tear like, down he's trying to tear down all the columbus statues and put up statues of himself you know? I knew I, it. yeah i mean i knew it <laughs> i knew it um well and like one of the things in uh, that I, that in researching this event specifically jesse that i had read about was that at some point like uh, I, I guess I think Adams is the president in the beginning of this and Jefferson um, and Jefferson and Adams both go to London actually to try to negotiate with Tripoli because they don't want to get into too big a thing with Tripoli or whatever, but they also don't want to pay the, um, you know, hush money or whatever you want to call it, the uh, the tribute money to them to be able to like use the Mediterranean Sea and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and, and that, that was uh, a pretty standard thing, by the way, though, like yeah. for, for other nations, oh, yeah. the, the paying of those fees, mm-hmm. that was just something that was just that's what was done. Oh, you better believe we would be doing that, too, if we had anything that was valuable. Is that exactly that's oh, the yeah. thing. Like you were saying before, it's like, uh, I mean, piracy was <laughs> every nation was had pirates. Every nation was doing piracy. It, every You know what I mean? Like any time where there's because crime is you know crime exists when people don't have enough resources essentially right. so it'll happen it's not it does that's the only thing it's tied to is if people need more and there's a bunch of people going by there's gonna be piracy in one way or another you know what i mean so it's that you can't they can't pin that on any nation or anything like that um so yeah french british everybody everybody's doing all sorts of you know what i mean there's there's um that that's what privateers were right they were just like uh it was just like another word for like a pirate that had the blessing of the king or whatever you know what i mean so it's like everybody was doing that kind of stuff um and uh and specifically everybody was doing slavery at this point too to a certain degree like and so they go to london and they and they are are trying to meet about this thing and they are uh they ask um like an ambassador for tripoli like what makes you think it's right for you to do this and that you could like enslave people and, and, and rob from them or whatever. And the ambassador reportedly said, well, you know, like in the Quran, it says that um, if, if we can, we can do that. We have the right to do that to people that don't believe uh, in the prophet. You know what I mean? We can enslave and we can um, plunder them. Uh, And it like blows their mind. They're like, this is nuts or whatever. Like they go back and tell people like, you're not gonna believe what I heard from the ambassador or whatever. And it's like, are you guys really the ones to go back and act surprised that, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. can you believe you, people are using a religious text yeah. to justify slavery? Who would have ever thought of that? Yeah. It's like, these guys are nuts over here. They think they have yeah. a right to have people as slaves. Meanwhile, it's Jefferson has like an entire plantation full of slaves and that yeah. the nation that he built is going to one day be the, um, you know, like biggest economy be built on slave labor, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just like, it's just hilarious that it speaks right to your point where it's like, you can act like only one set of people are doing this thing, but it's like, hey, you know, glass houses, you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't know, I, that that part always stuck out to me when that that like meeting, the fact that they were so surprised you know what i mean uh 
that this was going on with their people or whatever. It's just nuts. Yeah. Jesse, have you ever used games in the classroom ever? Um, so you don't, you were saying you, you try not to use, you don't use textbooks and you use other things to try to draw them in, right? Have, has games ever come into it? I know like in, when I was in high school or whatever, we would do like an occasional game that, you know, you could always expect one kind of game that was never really that fun. That's yeah, see, up or whatever, right? Yeah, that's that. <laughs> I think maybe I had sort of the same bad experiences that you did. Like, <laughs> whenever a teacher of mine would try to do that, it would always just come off as like super whack and corny. And it would be like, can't we just read the textbook? Like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I missed the textbook. And the teacher was like, this is supposed to be fun. And it's like, yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I, I have, in, in terms of like, I don't even know if this counts as a tabletop game. I mean, I guess you put it on a table and play it. So, like, I've used Monopoly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. At, at different points. Um, yeah. Which I, I couldn't like in my head. I'm like, well, is that like the quintessential tabletop game or is it not a tabletop game? Um, and no, nothing in between. Right. It's either like, yeah, right. Not it or it's like it's, the most. I mean, it. that is honestly one of the most iconic board games ever. Really, right? Probably. Yeah. Which was which was actually game. originally meant to sort of be. Um, like an, an anti-capitalist uh, game. Ah, of course. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> almost, almost satire, like almost like a hype, hyperbolic view of it, basically to try to point out how like crazy it is for the most part. But um, I, I, have, I have used that at certain times in, in American history lessons, but that's, that's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah. Is that it's when funny just... too because uh, in, in the current like political climate, I think I have seen like novelty, like, uh, socialist monopoly or whatever it's like they give you wow. they give away all the money or whatever and it's like you you're kind of a this is you're just it went right over your head you know what i mean that kind of yeah <laughs> using monopoly to show the uh the downfall of atlantic city i assume right Oof. yeah Oof. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a actually uh yeah, I had like a, a funny line about I don't want to offend all of your Atlantic City listenership. We got a lot. Yeah, so. you got a lot. Well, yeah, no, no but, go um, for it. We, it's you know. Well, I like there to was, piss, I like to piss them off. You like to piss them off. Okay. Well, yeah. what what was the line? It was um, the Atlantic City Boardwalk makes Wildwood look like Martha's Vineyard. Yes, 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 yes. Ouch. <laughs> yeah big i mean it is true yeah 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 uh i i've i've been in atlantic city in the uh in the off season trying to like uh, for another job or whatever and it is uh i i wish them well because it ain't going great right now that's for sure so uh not great mate (laughs) yeah 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 if you were jesse if you were to um, kind of let's say let's say a game company comes to you and kind of like as a a consultant more or less and they're like are there any other kind of like events in american history that you feel would lend themselves to like a a fun game because honestly this event maybe maybe the reason they chose it obviously the people who created it were like huge american history buffs already and they they must have sat down with and tried this with a lot of different events and this one really clicked and i think andrew and i both believe that it did click really well with this you know just so happened the way it worked out translated into a really good game are there any other events um that you can think of off the top of your head that you're like well that might actually be a kind of a fun game or whatever you know oddly enough um 
so I'm, I'm going to be taking part in uh, like a like a week long conference uh, on on the First Amendment later this summer. So nice. I've been I've been reading a lot of text that actually covered this specific time period uh, in early American history. Yeah. So I guess just be maybe because I have that on my mind, maybe, um, you know, like the, the X, Y, Z affair and, and the quasi war with France, which might sort okay. of hit a lot of the same notes um, yeah. as, as a game, as, as this game, which I, I looked it up before um, we started shores of tripling is what this game is yeah. called. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So it's a lot it of might, maritime stuff in this one. Yeah. So it, it might hit sort of some of the same notes, um, but that might be an cool. interesting one. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It just so happens that there are like, you know, there's, there's two pretty clear defined sides, but then there are also allies on both sides and like, there's both land and sea stuff that happened in this event. Um, and it like could have gone one way or the other, you know what I mean? Like, so it kind of lent itself to, and there were like interesting personalities on, on both sides and everything like that. So, um, yeah. Kind of negotiating and stuff, which could probably be cool in a game. Negotiating is, is a cool idea too. Cool. I like that a lot. I, I like hmm. that kind of thing almost better than like the classic war type of game, you know, mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. another one that, I think Pete, you've played this. I used to play it a long time ago. It's called Diplomacy. It's like a World War One, mm-hmm. but most yeah, of the game yeah. is like negotiating and trying to. Yep. If you yep. teach World War One, that's a good one you can get your kids to do. I think. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah good point. Diplomacy. Yeah. 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 That's fun. It, it, that's fun to play with friends too, because you'll be like, "Can I see in the other room? Can we go talk for a second? You know what I mean? And then oh, you come really? Back wow. And, yeah. And then you come back and you're like, "Yeah, okay, we're gonna go ahead and I've formed an, an alliance with uh, Andrew. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Uh, that's some like." <laughs> That's some uh, like model UN levels. It is. Uh, that's that's yeah. pretty tight. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. You yeah, need yeah, you yeah. need more than one friend to play that one though. So, but uh, I mean, yeah, obvi- obviously that's off the off the table for you too. Right. But, yeah, yeah, Andrew and I can't yeah. play that, but maybe no, a, but no. a classroom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it could be cool. You could have you could have like one person be like the leader of the nation, and then somebody could be like the ambassador or something like that. Might might be fun. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, it's, the kids sometimes get into to role playing stuff like that. Um, like I've done stuff with them where, you know, I do like big units on labor history where I'll have like one group of kids will be sort of the um, like skilled workers and then some will be the unskilled workers oh, nice. and I'll be the management and I'll have like one kid from the skilled worker group who's kind of like my mole. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they, they can get into that stuff sometimes. I like that. That's great. And Jesse, knowing what you know about this game and this event in time, is there any specific angle that you would um, teach this from, basically? Well, you know, I, I think I thought a lot about it just from a teaching perspective and sort of like I like to kind of structure my um, units around sort of like big questions. And I think one of the the big questions that I think about when I think about this time in U S history. And and this is something that's really hard to get across to kids. And I don't know how much this comes up in this game. So I don't know, you know, the parameters of the game, but yeah, this, this was a time where the idea that the United States as a nation might not actually last like that, that was a real thing, you know? Um, And, and I don't know if it's, just because of like a, a certain sense of U.S. exceptionalism, that that idea just seems to 
not exist anymore, right? Like that there's this yeah. idea that this well, that seems this country unthinkable is, that that would ever yeah have that been... that this is just going to be in perpetuity, right? right? But like we know from history that everything eventually ends. Right. Um, every every empire falls at some point, right? Exactly, right? And mm-hmm. and just sort of getting across to students when you're teaching this general early um, period in American history, this idea that like, look, this was a really brand new thing um that had its its ups and downs at the beginning and the idea or the thought or the fear that it might all come crumbling down was very very real um and yeah well it's funny because there is a little bit of that in this game in 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 that um one of the ways that you can win as um, the barbary states as tripoli specifically is if you just make it too expensive to stay in the war like if you yeah. take enough of their money or whatever, or you like sink enough of their boats, then the U.S. basically says like, we shouldn't be here. We're going to. And that kind of speaks to the fact that they are such a young nation. Basically, they're like, hey, we can't afford to be spending years over here. You know, fast yeah. forward, you know, X amount of years. And we've been in the uh, Gulf for, you know, <laughs> we've yeah. been in and Afghanistan and Iraq for ever but that's that's one of the um, interesting downsides of no longer being a British colony, right? Because yeah. the British had a navy that was feared. When you're associated right. with them, pirates aren't really messing with you as much, right? Because they don't right. want to smoke with the British navy. Exactly. It's like, oh wait, you're your own thing now. Like, game on. Let's yeah, go. yeah, 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 yeah. They're, we're gonna right, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, hitting their fist into their palm and being like, now it's you know, <laughs> yeah, fresh yeah. meat, fresh yeah. meat. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of this uh, specific war, the, the thing that always stood out to me as cool was, um, you know, d- the, the destroying your own ship. Yeah. Like w- when they burned down right. their, their own ship, I always thought that was when they of... set the Philadelphia on fire. Correct. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Kinda yes. Cool. That's I, I, yeah, I like that. Yep. Cool. Well, that's awesome. This has been great, Jesse. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, yeah. Thank you. Super enlightening. Um, super good stuff. I think Andrew and I would both agree that we are super jealous of your, uh, yes. your students. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> appreciate that. Um, yeah, well, we appreciate you. Uh, everybody that's been Jesse and, um, Jesse, you have a good day, man. We'll see you again. Yeah, soon. you too. I, I probably won't see you soon since we're not friends, but, um, yeah, yeah, good yeah, point. yeah. You yeah, know, well, I, um, I, we'll like I, hope just... the re- I hope the rest of your life doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd say the same for you. Very good. <laughs> if I see you on the street, I'll just I'll just meekly wave at you and just look they, away. Uh, probably, maybe just a nod. Be okay. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that was fun talking to Jesse. I am over here raising the roof, baby. I'm getting a whiff of some. Uh, I don't know, maybe. Uh, a world on fire you know what i mean uh oh that's why it's uh it's time to get post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic let's say the world is done andrew there's been an apocalypse you know whatever you want zombie virus outbreak you know what i mean um and there's one copy of this game left, Andrew Shores of Tripoli. You and I are representing our tribes, and we're fighting for the ownership of this game. What weapon are you going to bring to this fight, Andrew? Okay, here's what I'm bringing. You ready for this one? Yeah. I'm bringing a big boat full of explosives. Uh, be- oh. 
because I don't know if you read this, I found this uh, pretty wacko uh, that the Americans loaded up a boat with explosives during this war and just sailed it on into Tripoli Harbor. Right. But it prematurely exploded before they could get off. So, like, a bunch of guys died on the ship. So, chances are I'll probably, yeah. just, I'll probably just kill myself and my tribe when I'm trying to do this, you know. So, uh, or, yeah, or, that would or be not. great. Or not, it'll kill you and destroy the game. So either way, I'm out of luck. So <laughs> Either way, yeah. Either way, it was a bad idea, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. one thing I love about that is that they uh, they always make a point when they're recounting um, the, this one thing that happened was like uh, there was like a ship battle between two ships, the uh, one representing the U.S. side, one representing the uh, Tripolitan side. Uh, so basically there was like a Tripolitan boat coming back from somewhere, like Gibraltar or something like that. And and there was a U.S. boat flying the British flag, and it and it came and it like crossed paths with this boat, and it was and they were like, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" And they were like, "Oh, we're going to mess up the Americans. Actually, it's it's wartime. We're gonna go, we're gonna go crush them." And they and they went, "Aha!" But we're the Americans, and they took down the British flag and raised the American flag, and they were like, "Oh no, well we're fighting then. We're let's fight right now." And they fought each other, and. Three different times during that battle, the Tripolitan boat, uh, like, feigned surrendering or whatever, like, put up the white flag. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then like, the U.S. boat, like, got close, and then they took it back down, and they started firing again or whatever. And <laughs> and and the text is always makes a point to be like, mm, dirty tactics, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, first of all, you you also were lying and, and when you got into this battle because you you were going around saying you were the British, you know what I mean, and taking right. them by surprise. You know what I mean? They got in close to talk to you and then, you know. And and then this other thing happens later in the war where you basically send in a boat that you're going to just blow up. You know what I mean? Like you're, 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 you float it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like it, there's just – this time period is just full of, you know, I don't know, such hypocrisy. It's, everybody, everybody thinks that they are like uh, – morally superior and that and when they do dirty stuff it, it's like it, it doesn't matter you know what i mean but the other people when they do dirty stuff it's like it's because they are inherently bad people you know it's just anyway uh, i just got the Im- Andrew- i got the impression i just got the impression reading about the history of this thing that uh it was just like the people in charge on the american side at least were just fumbling the ball at every moment it was just like no nope, yeah oh, it's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had some interesting ideas and couldn't pull it off most of the time. Yeah, right, right, right. Like right. I mean, get... it's it's embarrassing that the Philadelphia got, you know, hit hit like land. They were like chasing another boat and it just like got uh, marooned. It just like, uh, like hit stuck. land and it yeah. and it and yeah. And uh, and and it's just the kind of moment where it's like, you know, you know what I mean? Just like a total like I'm sure the Tripolitans were like <laughs> what idiots, you know what I mean? They, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's a huge boat and they just lost it cuz they just it, you know, they just hit land. You know what I mean? Kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah. Don't it, they know how to drive that boat? You know. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a good tactic, Andrew. You might be able to pull it off better than the Americans did. You know, sending sending the you know suicide boat in or whatever to to blow up. Uh, I'm also bringing a boat, Andrew. I'm bringing a frigate, oh baby. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it's going to have, uh, you know, a big old cannon on it. I was going to suggest that we meet near a body of water. I pictured you showing up with, like, a sword or something like that, like an idiot. And then I roll up in a big frigate, and I, like, honk the horn, and I'm like, burr, burr, and I'm like, hey, hey, dummy, take this. And then I blow you up. 
with a cannon or whatever. Uh, but you're going to be on the C2 now. So I don't know. I, I'm just going to hope that you mess it up because uh, I guess I'll just keep firing at you, hoping to sink you before you get to me. But uh, but if you get past that and I'm not a good shot, if I, you know, if I, uh, if I, keep, if I don't roll a six, you know what I mean, which is in the game what you have to roll to get a hit, you know what I mean, uh, right. and, you, and you get all the way to me and blow me up, so be it. <laughs> then you can then you can swim back to your tribe, Andrew, with the game in your mouth or whatever, like a you know, like Peter Pan, like Peter Pan. <laughs> I don't know why I said Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> We're all on the same page there. And two could play this game, Andrew, but should they? Two could play this game, but should they? Uh, how sure are you that two people should play this game of Shores of Tripoli? Okay, that's what we're talking yeah. about now. How sure are we? From zero to 100%, we got to give it a rating. Right. Andrew, I'm going to say I'm 80% sure that two people Ooh. should play this game, Andrew. I, I, I really like this game, Andrew. I didn't know what yeah. to expect going into it. You know what I mean? I was like, this could be boring as heck. You know what I mean? This is a history-based, you know game uh about some war you know what i mean and i was like man i don't know this could be maybe it's good i had seen some good ratings for it online and i was like yeah but there you know there aren't a ton of ratings is this like just a bias because guys who you know love history are the only ones playing it blah 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 but then we played it and i was like ah this is good like this is a good mechanic and like i said already like the theme it works you know and and they really implemented the theme great they could have done it really bad andrew you know what i mean like they could have um well they could have just had cards that like when you play them it's just like move once you know what i mean they don't have a lot of flavor they don't have like the flavor text on them or whatever you know what i mean um uh, like they like basically they could have gone too not like nondescript about the stuff you could do in the game. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Um, but they didn't. They they the way that they did it, um, where you can either play the card at, at like kind of sacrifice it for just a general action, or use it for the event that is printed up on the card is really good. It really works, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, like we said, the, go- the the flipping the deck, you know, like having to reshuffle the deck a couple times um, so that you might get cards coming back in, you know what I mean? But when you play a major event, it doesn't come back in. It's out for the rest of the game and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's smart. It's very intelligently designed, I think. Yes. And not only that, it actually plays well too and it has a great pace i i actually there was not it it plays fast so you don't you know feel like you're getting um uh bogged down in too much history or whatever you know what i mean yeah which Um, can happen with these kind of games for sure which can happen yeah i like i honestly i don't i'm not the kind of guy i don't want to be like doing some battle from world war two and like moving a tank at a time, you know what I mean? Right. And then rolling a dice to see if I, you know what I mean? It's just, that's not my thing. You know what I mean? It's fine. If it's your thing, it's not my thing. Uh, I don't want to be positioning my troops and, and trying to gain the ground and blah, 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 blah. It just doesn't really interest me. And this game meets me at my level. You know what I mean? It, it, it moves at a fast pace. Things get done. You know what I mean? Um, 
So uh, I, I don't know. I really liked it. And like I mentioned earlier, I, I, some people think that this game is railroaded, like that, like that uh, reviewer <laughs> said, it, that, it, that it's kind of on rails or whatever, that there's not enough variability. But I actually did find that there was a lot of variability in the different plays that we had. You know what I mean? Absolutely. We had a different outcome pretty much every time we played because, you know, we learned new things and we changed the way we did this or that the next time we played. You know what I mean? And, right. And, and, oh, I had this card early this time and i was able to play it now like that changes everything you know what i mean exactly. or oh i had this card late i didn't get this card until the end that totally changed everything you know what i mean i, I and uh, and the the way that they designed the game is makes that possible so and it's ace it's as asymmetrical as it gets this is uh, you know without a doubt the most asymmetrical game we've ever played essentially andrew you know the goals of each side is different the mm-hmm. the actions that you take are different the cards are different. Everything about this is 100% asymmetrical. I don't know. And there's tension during the battles with the dice rolls. I, I thought it was good. I thought it was real good. It's not the it, you know, it's not the best thing in the world, but it's but I am firmly 80% sure that two people should play this game definitely. One last warning though, I would say Andrew, and maybe one reason why it wouldn't be a little bit higher, and maybe one reason why you probably the fair amount of folks listening to this won't ever play this game is uh it is costly right now um i think it sells on the website for like close 70 bucks i think something like that six somewhere 65 to 70 bucks and that's a steep price this is a fun game but i um i think the only people that are going to be willing to shell out shell out that amount of the money for this game that is, I guess, kind of relatively small in the long run. It's 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 certainly not like a, a huge game like Gloomhaven or like Twilight Imperium or something like that. It is. Um, it, I think the only people that are going to shell the, this kind of money out for this game are just like huge history buffs. You know what I mean? Um, like upper middle class folks who are like would would just are salivating at the idea of like playing a, a historical war that actually is a good game. You know what I mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that one, and I think. It, well, uh, who knows? But I think it's the the components are really nice, but there aren't a lot. It's not like there's tons of miniatures or anything like that. Um, right. It, it's probably just a scale issue. Like it's a it's a newer company, a smaller company, so maybe it's just like you know, that yeah, kind of thing. They're just just not producing enough to to have it at a lower cost. But I don't know. Who knows? Um, yeah. So you said eighty percent, Pete. Is that what you're, you're firmly sticking? Eighty percent is what I'm going with, Andrew. Right. Yep. I just like this game just a smidge more than you. I said 81%. Okay, I'm just a one-upper like that. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I did it. Um, no, I did not That is the that. definition of one-upping. That's it's right. It's literally one-up. <laughs> I did not plan that, though. Uh, so we're, we're, we're right right together with our, our opinion about this game. Mm. I, I agree with just about everything you said there. I love the fact that you can... Um, kind of like you know, discard in order to just do some of your regular actions, like moving around or going on a pirate raid or whatever. Um, yep. And I, I love that because uh, this has happened in other card games that we played, especially like Catan card game, where like I feel like that that would always happen to me. I'd get some like really great card, but you couldn't use it in the beginning of the game. It's more like a card, mm-hmm. like oh, this would be great if I had this towards the end of the game. Um, whereas in this game, if you get one of those cards, you can discard it, and then you know that towards the end of the game assuming you get that far it'll uh, it'll pop up again and you could use it then yep. so i i love that part of it so it's it, you feel like you're never quite wasting anything because there's always some card in there where you're like oh, i can't really use this right now so i'm just going to burn it right um 
I I think one maybe a drawback for some people first getting into this. I think the U, playing as a USA, I think at first is definitely harder than yes. than playing as Tri- Tripoli has just more straightforward objectives. You're just it's like I'm going to go on a pirate mm-hmm. raid and get the money. You know that that's yep. really what you're doing as Tripoli. It, USA, it seems like you're you're have tons of holes to plug up. It's like oh, there's allies now. I got to fight them. Or should I go over here? I got to start. Hammett's army, you know, and I got to march over to Dern, and I got to. There's like a lot of things to do as, as America, not enough yeah, time. Yeah, you're definitely time, spinning really. more plates as the yes. U.S. side. Yes. So it, it's kind of it kind of reminded me of like when we played Viking chess, where it's like one side is like usually winning when you're when you're just starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I think as you, you definitely learn the strategy, you know, you you see, yeah. oh, I should I should do this kind of thing in the beginning of the game, or you know, I should, yep. I, could, I should focus on this more. Um, so right. you, you do get better at it, but, uh, yeah, uh, 81%. So, uh, I think mm. we got, I think we got to check out our leaderboard here, Pete. Is that right? That's right. Leaderboard. All right, Andrew, let's check out this leaderboard here and see where on the board this game falls. Andrew, where's it at? Okay, let's take a look here. With your 80% and my 81%, we're going to average those out, and it's going to come out to an average score of 80.5%. So 80.5%. We are officially 80.5% sure that two people should play the game Assures of Tripoli, and that's going to put it right at lucky number 13 on the leaderboard. So pretty mm. good. We're, we're in the top half here for sure. Um, 13 Yeah. 33 at this point i mean 13th ain't nothing to shake a stick at this is amongst some really good games i mean it's right below the aforementioned Catan card game (laughs) that i really enjoy um and it ended up right above lost cities that i love as well you know what i mean so um uh, yeah that, that that was one that we were close to but we were just you were two below me on lost cities so that ended up meaning the difference of the of the 0.5 basically there which which means that shores of tripoli jumped over it just by a hair you know what i mean yeah this is um, always interesting. i mean these are these are serious games andrew so for for something that's such a niche idea i guess which is just like a i don't know a, a, like a reenactment of a american historical war or whatever it's like it's amongst like serious games you know what i mean for us yeah yeah, and which I think speaks to the the design of the game. I mean, it's it's not just yep. it's not just some like war game or some theme. Like the theme is is definitely a huge part of it. But I think just the actual mechanic of the game is also fun too. So yeah, you know, it's yeah. a good one. It's a good one. It's it's a cool one, Andrew. I would say for sure. <laughs> uh, but are we cool? Are we cool? Yeah, after playing this game, are we still cool? Pete and I were talking about here. Uh, how many points did our friendship go up or down? Of course, we know everybody out there listening keeps careful track on a spreadsheet of your friendship points with your one and only friend. Um, <laughs> you, you really want to keep track of that. So are we still cool? Uh, how much How much did our friendship change here, Pete? What do you think? Hmm. Well, Andrew, I said that our friendship went up by two points, Andrew, uh, especially due to the fact that there's like a fast pace with this game. Uh, I was always ready to play it again. You know what I mean? I think we, we reset it up over and over again when we were playing, basically. And we we always had the moment where we were like, hmm, all right, well, it's over. Uh, you got time to go again? You know what I mean? Kind of thing. And yes. so... Um, and, you know, we, we had a good time switching sides and playing both sides and learning both sides and everything like that. I, I thought it was a really nice time, honestly, playing this game with you, Andrew, even though 
we were at war with each other, technically. <laughs> well, you said plus two. I'm going to one-up you again, Pete. I said plus three on the friendship. Of what? Me, yep, I did it. I did it twice <laughs> in one episode. Uh, I think we're very cool after this one. I didn't... Uh, I think... I think this happens with games with dice for sure. Uh, I did not mind too much, even if I were lose like, because you can always blame it on the dice or the cards. You're like, luck, did, luck wasn't on my side that time. But also, yep. also since we were both learning the game at the same time, and it's definitely one where you, even though there's so much luck involved, you can definitely get better at it. There's definitely a lot of strategy. Um, yeah, I kind of appreciated when when you would kind of like get better the next round and be like, ah, oh, see, so you're catching on. Because mm-hmm. you can win pretty quick as Tripoli if you go out and do a bunch of pirate raids and get a bunch of gold. Like, the game could be right. over in, like, 10 minutes, you know. Right, um, right. And then I remember, I think I won that way, and then the next game, like, you figured out, like, oh, I'm just going to stack up the uh, trip, you know, the waters around Tripoli with boats. And then, like, I was frozen. I couldn't go on any more pirate raids. And so, it was yeah, like, ooh, touche. I kind of took away the gold from as an option for you for a little bit, you know, right. somewhat uh, effectively. So I kind of cut off one of the major ways that you could win. Um, right. So you had, mm-hmm. and, and that, for, normally that might, you know, that thing might kind of annoy me, but it was just like, it was like game recognized game, you know. I just yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And might I add, in the long run, you still won that game though, because you you absolutely blasted my ground troops. That's for sure. So <laughs> well, it came down to because towards the end, it, it turns into a, a, a land battle, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily, I had fortified my cities enough that uh, I was able to. You had some sharpshooters on your team. That's for that's sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew, one other thing I want to say here uh, that is also cool, uh, quite frankly, is that uh, we actually got a chance to play this game because Fort Circle Games sent us a copy of this game to be able to play. So in all transparency, um, we did receive this copy to, to review. However, uh, I, you, if you know Andrew and I, then you know that we aren't going to let that affect our opinion. So uh, we just want you yeah. guys to know that um, that we legitimately do like this game. This is not us saying that uh, we like it because you know we we had a favor done or something like that. Uh, if we if we did not like this game, and in the future if we do not like games that we are sent to to, to review. Yeah, we'll tell you. We're not going to be afraid to tell you. We'll, we at that point we already have the game. What are they going to do? You know what I mean? What are they going to do about it? So exactly. I remember when, uh, if I'm being real here, Pete said, "Oh, they they want to send us this game." I said, "Are you sure? Because sometimes we can be a little harsh on some games." You remember the yes. Battleship episode? I mean, so, but yeah, uh, <laughs> right. I, I I you know we probably wouldn't go all out on a thing if it was really bad, but we certainly would never feel like we had to say that it was good. You know what I mean? So. Um, so this, one this, is good. this one legitimately uh, won us over, I think, Andrew. Yeah. Not, but it, but it is pro- important. We did feel it was important to, to to say this as kind of like a bit of transparency so that uh, we didn't. nobody found out later and then was like, well, that's why they liked it. No, actually, we liked it because it's, it's actually good. So, yeah, nobody was, like, checking our emails or whatever on our server or whatever <clears throat> that, that was. Yeah. Six <laughs> Americans, Andrew! <laughs> Well, we got to wrap it up here, Pete. That's enough. Well, Andrew, we got to wrap it up before I get started again. No, uh, Andrew, I hope that our listeners tune in next time, uh, unless they get another friend, of course. Oh, that's right. In in that case, you're going to want to tune in to another podcast. It's called The Land of the Three and the Home of the Brave. Um, That's a podcast where they talk about the three-player board games and also American history. 
Right, 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 right. It is uh, one of those podcasts that's for a very specific subset of guy, Andrew. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> real, real American history guys. You know what yeah, I mean? Oh, you know what? Honestly, it's I just realized it's kind of stupid. We probably should have had them on as as guests. You know, I love Jesse uh, and uh, it really enjoyed oh. talking to him. But this is a whole podcast about like history board games. But uh, oh, well, that would have been so great to have these fictional guys that we just made up uh, on our podcast. But oh, well, next time. oh, well, yeah, it would have been perfect to have these guys that we made up specifically uh, as a <laughs> For this pun, pun joke at the end of every episode. For this pun joke at the end. To be, to be on our podcast. But, uh, well, too late. Bye-bye. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean?